0: Wow, powerful. Thank you so much, Marcus and Randy and, and Aaron. Uh, good to see each one of you. Good to have you here uh, at the bridge. Um, we've intentionally uh, shortened things and moved things around because we want to have a really special time today to to finish off our Here We Grow series. And so we're really thrilled to have you here. We did away with announcements and some other things that uh, we could have thrown in just so that we could have this special time of worship and um, A little bit shorter message, but hang around for uh, the next little bit. Um, Before I dive in real quick, I want to mention a guest that we have here. As a church, and especially here at the bridge, we are really huge on, on serving and trying to connect in the world, in a world that is often hurting in many different places. Where there are needs, we try to uh, put a spotlight on those needs so that we can engage there, give you opportunities. We've been to Africa, we've been to Nicaragua, we've been other places. Pack the Forest is coming up. Uh, on December 3rd, and that's a place where we connect with needs here in our local community as well as around the globe. You'll hear more about that coming, but sign up for uh, Pack the Forest as many, many, many people do. But I did want to draw attention to a guest that we have here, Mr. Wayne Tingle. Um, and if you, some of you have been, go ahead and stand up so they can see. He's a big guy, so you need to see him. But he's doing great work. He's doing great work in Nicaragua. And if you'd like to hear more about, Um, Nicaragua and the work that he does there and Pastor Delwyn's trip that's coming up soon please 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 um, track him down he stands out you can see him big beard big guy and uh, and we'd love to have you connect with him because we would love to see you be able to engage and connect uh, somewhere in the world where there's a great need amen amen so I got one passage I want to share with you and uh, then we'll talk a little bit about this passage as we As we come to the conclusion of our Here We Grow series, um, this passage is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. You've likely heard it before or some version of it before, but just listen to these words. Very powerful. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. I'm going to read it one more time. Paul says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, he says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, like any kid, when I was growing up, the thing I wanted to do more than anything else was to ride a horse. In fact, I wanted a horse so bad. But I lived in the city and horses live in the country. And I don't think my neighborhood would have taken too kindly to me having a horse, and my parents couldn't afford one anyway. But I was obsessed with horses, I watched westerns, I loved westerns, I loved Gunsmoke, I'm dating myself. A lot of y'all don't know what Gunsmoke is. Yeah, some of you do, yeah, great show. I watched Big Valley, I watched all the westerns, I loved horses, I dreamed of waking up one morning and there would be just some random horse in my backyard for me to ride and for me to take care of and for me to go on grand adventures with I would I would have a horse and we would do things and I'd go riding off in the middle of nowhere Montana like you see on TV right I didn't even know what Montana was in those days right and that was my dream and so amazingly enough my father knew that I loved horses and so wanted to ride a horse someday And like I said, we lived in the city, but my father apparently had a friend who lived in the country. They were buddies or something. And he found out that his friend had a horse. So he arranged for me to go and ride this horse one Saturday morning. And I'm sure I woke up at 3 in the morning and put on all my cowboy stuff and my horseback riding gear. I'd never seen a horse in real life before, but I was ready. I was going to go ride this horse. This is going to be huge, man. And so the day came, and, and finally I got my dad up, and we made our way out into the country, and I was just blown away by being in the country. I'd been in the country a little bit, but just being out there is like the, the air smelled different, and it was just, it was awesome, you know? And we pull into this guy's place, and there's the horse. It's a, he's like, he's getting it ready for me. And I see the horse, and I was just thrilled, you know? And we get out, and it is time to... You know, the guy's getting the horse ready and I'm thinking to myself, he's he's not quite done getting the horse ready, so I got a little time to meditate and get ready for this, you know. And but the horse was ready, apparently. But there was something a little bit different about this horse. It didn't have a it didn't have a saddle on it. I was like, Oh. Maybe he's gonna put that on right before I get on the horse. Nope, 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 nope. The 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 plan was that this is the way this this is gonna go with this horse. You're just you're just gonna, yeah. Without the saddle. And I I was like, you know, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, on TV. I've I've seen that happen. So I can I could probably I can pull this off. I'm just a little dude. You gotta understand what's going on in my head. I'm imagining big adventure here. Saddle. You you put the foot in the stirrup and you throw the leg over and you put your bed pack on the back, you know, like they do on TV, and and you got your hat and you got the little thing and you're you're going to ride this horse, and that wasn't, what he was, that wasn't the picture he was painting for me. And I overheard him telling my father this, I kid you not, I kid you not. So he says, this is what's going to happen. So, as soon as your son gets on the horse, the horse is going to take off. <laughs> okay, so moms, this is why you don't let dad take your kids to do things, all right? Dad will kill them, right? <laughs> so, so here I am. And I overhear this, and I'm like, okay. And so the guy continues. He says, so when your son gets on the horse, he has to hold on to the, to the horse's hair. Is that the main? He said, just grab hold of the, ho- the horse's hair really, really tight. He's got to hang on really, really tight. And he's got to hang on to it. He didn't even have reins, people. He didn't have reins. All he had was a little lead rope, all right? I don't, I don't know what was up with this dude, you know? <laughs> this was not what I expected. He just, did he just grab some random horse out of a neighboring pasture? Yeah, like, who is this man? Dad, dad, come on, save me here, dude. This is not how I imagined this going for me, right? So, so sure enough, sure enough, you got to understand, I'm a little guy, just a little dude. And um, so the time came, and sure enough, they literally, I'm a little guy, the horse is up here. My father tosses me onto this horse. No joke, if he was here, he'd verify it fully. Tosses me up onto the horse, and I'm a smart kid. I'm like, they told me hang on, I'm hanging on. I get up there, I got the little lead rope in my hand. I mean, literally, this is all happening in motion, right? Got the rope, grab the hair. <laughs> grab handfuls of hair of this strange horse that is just has one gear, and that's go, right? <laughs> I'm grabbing the horse, and we take off. <laughs> and my eyes are wide. But as I imagined my first horseback riding experience, that was not it. (laughs) And we went. Sure enough, the horse just took off. I have no. To this day, it was all just a blur. Because the next thing I remember is is flying off. Literally, the horse goes one way, and then I go the other, and I land and in my nice cowboy outfit, skid across the pasture. I don't know what I picked up on the front of my, my shirt and stuff, but it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> and that was my experience of riding a horse, this thing that I dreamed of for, as being a kid. And after that, I was done. I was like, no, Dad, no, it ain't going to happen. You guys, I, this is not what this is supposed to be about. This, my dream has been dashed. My ruined. It's ruined so disappointed in that the thing is truth of the matter is if we're honest sometimes sometimes we have brand expectations of the lives that we lead right we have these we imagine a really great life and we imagine we imagine marrying the right person and we have dreams of how that's all going to go and we we imagine a life with, you know, raising great kids, and we imagine a life of having enough money to do anything that we want to do. We imagine having the right job and going to the right school and getting the right degrees and doing everything sort of a certain way. And even having the certain, uh, the, the right sort of spiritual community, even. Doing everything. You know, we just have this vision of what it's supposed to be like. And then we wake up one morning and we, we realize that, man, that, this is not... How we imagined it going for us. <laughs> this is this is not how we saw this going down. Things are different. The marriage is in. Eh. The kids are. Oh Jesus, help us. Right? The 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 life that I so envisioned for myself and the life that I, that I imagined that God would want for me isn't isn't quite there. And and so we just kind of. We just kind of wondering the first, the thing that tends to go first, the thing that tends to get disrupted first is our spiritual connection. We begin to sort of just kind of go through the motions spiritually. We have a a sense in us that that this isn't the way we're supposed to do life with God. It's supposed to be much different than this, but it's just sort of what we're able to do as we cope with this life that that has sadly not met the expectations That we had for our lives. And so we just kind of go through it. This series has has been about growing spiritually. And to a certain extent, we would, if we were honest with ourselves, we'd say, man, we haven't grown much at all. And and we're struggling. And um The reality is we would love to grow. We'd love to experience more of God. We'd love to have the life that we know that God intends for us to have, but we're just not quite there. And who knows what it is? I mean, there's there's circumstances for sure, circumstances that things that just happened to you. There are things that you kind of brought on yourselves because of, of poor decisions and just maybe sin junk going on in our lives. That's just... That's just reality. That's just life. And slowly but surely life with God and spiritual life have started, they've they've slowed to a very crawl. And you realize, man, there's got to be there's got to be more. And that's what Paul's getting at. That's that's what he's trying to reassure us of. He says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Don't just take that as an apocalyptic verse that says, oh, but when Jesus comes, everything will be all right. And that's true, it will be all right. But what about the here and now, man? What about right now? Don't you think for a moment that this only applies to eternity? This applies to right now as big as your expectations are for your life as big as your dreams of grand adventure in this life are the god of the universe has something that your mind can't even begin to comprehend but he says and this is the this is the key thing right here and this is this is kind of the heart of what we want to do today he says but god has prepared No mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You see, the heart of spiritual growth and the heart of spiritual life with God is growing to the place in your life where you trust God enough, where you love God enough to trust him with your life. That's what spiritual growth is. When we grow to a place, when we grow in such depth of love for the God of this universe and believe his promises about what he imagines and what he envisions for our life, that we actually begin to trust him with this life. Now that's a crazy thought that I actually lean into, depend on, place my life in his hands. And allow him to dictate, to direct, to influence, to do whatever he wants to do and be and submit to it. Do you know that we avoid a lot of nonsense and a lot of craziness and a lot of drama in life when we actually trust God with our lives? The heart of spiritual maturity and growth is growing to a place where I love God enough that I trust him with my life. That's, that's, that's what it comes down to. The, 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 the basis of any relationship, we all know this. The the big the big core idea with any relationship is trust. If we love God enough, the question becomes: will I trust him with my life? So this morning, um, we want to give you an opportunity to to engage with us, and um, so we're gonna. I'm gonna share with you a video that was very, very powerful um, that I saw recently, and you're gonna see it here. And there's a there's a there's a song that comes at the end of the present, the first part of the video, or the, the last part of the video after the um, after the uh, presentation that you're gonna see in the first part of the video. And I just want you for the next 10 minutes, roughly, folks. If we could honor this time, if you could just hang in your seat, and and let's limit the the movement if we could, because I really believe God's going to speak through what we're going to show you here. And if you'd hang around for a little bit, um, we're going to invite you to come forward at the end of the song that's in the video, and we believe that the Holy Spirit is what helps us to grow to a place where we love God enough to trust him with our lives. And so we're going to anoint people this morning. And we don't care where you are, right? We talked about that. Life hasn't turned out the way you imagined it to be. We get that. But we understand, too, that God's okay with that. The, the number one prerequisite for you to be in a relationship with Jesus is that, in fact, you are a sinner and that you are. <laughs> so come as you are. Come wherever you are and we believe that as we as we anoint you as we put some we literally we'll put some oil on you there'll be pastors right here along the front of the of the front of the stage and wherever you are just understand that you can come forward we will put some we will anoint you and we're praying that it will be a breakthrough moment we're praying that it will be a pivotal moment in your walk with God where where love sort of begins to burst forth we begin a new life of trusting God with our very lives because he has imagined for you a life that you could never imagine for yourself. So watch this video and watch the song and we'll invite you up.
1: My dad has always been a tinkerer. He likes doing things with his hands and figuring out how to fix things. For instance, growing up, I don't remember him ever taking any of our cars to get an oil change. That was just one of those things he seemed to enjoy doing on his own. And over the course of a few of these oil changes, he would slowly fill up this large metal container with the used oil. And this stuff was dirty. I mean, it was filthy. It was basically sludge. And eventually he would take it to get recycled, but in the meantime, it sat along the outside wall of our garage. And my brother and I, we were given strict instructions to keep our distance, and we did. I mean, we absolutely did. Except the time when I didn't. (laughs) On that particular occasion, I was innocently strolling by when I stopped. And I looked and I took a couple steps back and I remember that I could hear the sound of my own heart beating as I looked down and saw myself reflected in that inky sludge. And I knew exactly what I should not do. And I did it anyway. I plunged both hands in until I was up to my elbows and it was thick and slimy and dirty, basically it was awesome. (laughs) And then it wasn't awesome. I suddenly realized how much trouble I was in. The oil clung to me even as it was dripping from my fingertips, so I tried to shake it off and it went everywhere. So I I tried to skim it off and rub it off and nothing was working. So I ran to the garage and I grabbed a rag that was way too small for the job. And at this point, just total panic. So I snuck back into the house, into the bathroom where I just began to scrub and scrub and scrub with soap and water. But the only thing that I managed to do was smear the oil all over myself. And all over the white porcelain sink. All over the bathroom tile. In trying to clean up my mess, I had made it so much worse. So I did the only thing left to do Dad! I could hear his footsteps in the living room. And then in the hallway. And as he opened the bathroom door, I burst into tears. I was so ashamed. And then without a word... He took one of my oil-smeared hands and he led me to the kitchen. And from underneath the sink, he pulled out a bottle of this orange-scented, sandy kind of soap. And then he stood there with me at the sink and he helped me wash away the mess that I'd made. I watched as it disappeared down the drain. Sin... Makes an ungodly mess. It makes a mess of us. It makes a mess of the things and the people that we use to try to clean it up and cover it up. And it simply cannot be gotten rid of unless, unless you're given stronger stuff. And the good news is that when we call out to Jesus for help, he has stronger stuff.
2: Restoring me piece by piece There's nothing to do What was dead now lives again. And my heart's beating, beating inside my chest. Oh, oh I'm coming alive with joy and destiny. Watch me in mercy, and I am clean. Mm -hmm. I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white. And my dirty rags are purified. Your blood flowed red and made me white, and my dirty rags are purified.
0: God indeed you're a you're a God who cleanses and you restore and you heal may you continue to reveal yourself to us father may you continue to move in powerful ways by your spirit may we become the people who love you so deeply that we trust you with our whole lives thank you for what you're doing father may your spirit continue to move into our next service bless everyone who's coming forward, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.